Welcome to the Main Deck Podcast. If you like games like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Super, Digimon, Flesh and Blood, and many, many more, you're in the right place. For all of our TCG news and content and links to all of our socials, visit www.maindeck.games. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Main Deck Podcast. This is the podcast for and by trading card game fans. So if you're a fan of trading card games like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, We Cross, Universes, anything like that, Flesh and Blood, it's all good. It's all good here. You're, you're going to find yourself a nice home with us here. I'm your host, Dan Green, today, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Mitch Janowick. How's it going, guys? Mitch, I am happy to have you on for this one. This episode, the topic of our episode today is going to be sealed deck formats, um, which are a, um, I, th- I think, a relatively popular format among all card games. If you look at it. There's some that don't really support it super well, and there's some that do like really janky implementations of it. And then there's some that are built around it, like Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah. Mitch, I know you've played a lot, of, uh, a lot of limited formats, as they're called in Magic, in your day. Oh, yes. Um, Limited is probably one of my favorite ways to play a Magic outside of Commander. Yeah, I I agree with that, too. Um, Limited is is specifically sealed deck is my favorite. And for Magic players, if you're a Magic player, this is like a sacrilegious thing I'm saying. I understand <laughs> that. I get I get that all the time. Um, I prefer sealed deck to draft. Um, it's very crazy. I <laughs> I understand. Uh, draft, draft, you have control. Draft, you have decks mm-hmm. that are built to do a thing more sealed deck is like, what kind of randomness do you get in your pool? Do you have bombs? Like whatever. Um, I find personally that when I'm playing draft formats, there's an amount of inherent knowledge of that specific format that is required to get to like maximize your, uh, your outcome and, and in a way your experience in the format. Um, I really enjoy being able to just open up some packs and play. And, you know, sometimes you don't get a good pool and sometimes you do. And sometimes you get a bad pool, but you you have like an interesting puzzle of like, how do I make this playable? Um, and how do I how do I eke something out of it? And I feel like the skills that you use in doing that are more generalized than the like specific draft pick considerations that you take when you're drafting so i really enjoy sealed deck for that for that reason i guess i can see that that's a very fair point um i personally liked doing more draft over sealed because again more control i feel more rewarded for like learning about the set ahead of time um also my favorite seat i mean draft format is a uh, cube drafting Yes, I, I do. Game is as good as Magic for cube. I draft do game. love a good cube draft. I've heard. I haven't played it yet. I've heard from the Final Fantasy community that they have a pretty sick cube. Um, Ooh, really? Yeah, and and I and I can understand that Final Fantasy has enough similarities in how it's played to Magic, to where. And I don't mean that in like a bad way, just to be clear. No, um, no. <laughs> no, but it has. It's it's the way the game flows and the way deck building works and everything that like. A lot of games that we love, games like um, Universes and stuff, are so very specific in how deck building works, in like picking a character and picking a resource and stuff, that when you go into a limited or sealed deck format or something, you kind of have to, they have to throw a whole bunch of rules out the window to make it work. You know, like you just play with any resource, it doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we were playing, uh, we'll talk about this a little later during the main topic segment, but I got to play in the Wii Cross uh, pre-release yesterday. And in that game, there's like all sorts of like restrictions. Definitely. You can only have 20 life burst cards and then color stuff. And, and it's just like, yeah, throw it all out the window. Just doesn't matter. Just put whatever in your deck. It's all good. And they also had to give you this like special pack of your, uh, of your L rig and peace cards, just so you can like have a viable deck. Cause if you just cracked open packs, you wouldn't have one. Um, yeah, I guess so, that one requires a very specific sub deck and main deck to work. Yeah. And, and so final fantasy to you know, to its credit, in the way that it's similar to Magic, is that it like you can you can just in this kind of limited format, you could just kind of you know piece together a deck in the same way you would uh, for Magic um, without having to necessarily like you know come up with weird workarounds for everything. Um, and I think that lends to then having a better limited format and a better cube draft in that case where you can have just all star cards if people aren't familiar cube draft in these in these games i, I just realized we're <laughs> talking oh, about it i yeah. forgot to even describe everyone's like why what is a cube <laughs> what does a cube have to do with this um i don't know where the name came from to be honest uh a, a it's a cube a cube refers to uh not just a box but um i generally a a like a card box full of your choice of some number, something like 720, 800 or whatever for like bigger, you know, full full eight player supported cubes um, of the, of the, the cards you want to draft. Um, and typically like the the very earliest cubes in like magic were here are the most powerful cards in magic divided relatively evenly among all the colors. Um, and so you would draft them and you'd just be drafting like all the best cards in magic. And like you have, you open up your 15 card pack, magic's 15 card packs to start and you have to choose between the 15 best cards, like 15 of the 800 best cards in Magic or whatever. Um, first picks in Cube Draft are very difficult often. Um, God, it takes so much time. So yeah, rough. you have to sit there, you'll read like how many, okay, do I want to, you know, do like obviously like this card's really good, but I think there's a deck that supports this and like everything's just really good though. So it's like, yeah, it's hard to make selections, but um, is a very fun way to play. Um, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll talk a lot more about sealed deck in a little bit. Um, what I want to do, Mitch is, uh, now that we're, we're done with our podcast extravaganza in December, where we ran like a million two hour episodes and every episode was like introducing, you got to introduce yourself to the world. If you guys missed that, we have an episode with Mitch talking about universes in 2022. He introduces himself very well in that episode and you can uh, learn all about him there. But today we're going to get back to the regular format. Nice and calm, nice and easy. And uh, we're just going to banter a little bit about some of the games we've been playing since we haven't actually podcasted uh, since December. There's been uh, definitely everyone kind of playing games in different ways and, and different games. So, Mitch, why don't you kick us off? What have you been uh, What have you been playing the past couple months? Yeah, uh, most of my time has been filled with uh, UVS, the My Hero format specifically, as well as the Grand Archive that's coming out in a couple months. Yeah, and so for for universes, you um you did attend the Hero League Championship, uh, even though you weren't uh quite you were so close to qualifying this so year, close. You were twice, so twice close. so close. Oh. Um, how how was that? Nationals, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, there's definitely good and bad parts about it, as it tends to happen. Um, yeah, my actually my favorite event of the entire weekend was the um the Dragon's Horde sealed event. Which is like a chaos sealed for for UBS. Oh so yeah, we got, okay. We got total like sixteen or eighteen packs across like 
12, I think it was like almost all of UVS. We got packs from Yu Yu Hakusho. We got packs from Set 4 of My Hero that came out. We got packs from Street Fighter, Mega Man. It was, they took packs from all the different sets they had and just tossed them in the bags. Like, here, take some packs out of the bag. Wow. <laughs> and wait, you said each player opened up like 16 or 18 uh, packs? So it was a team event. So there oh, was three teams. Team. Okay, okay, gotcha. And you'd play a best of one against your opponent. Sure, sure, and then uh, and then the winner of the it, as it works in universes the if whoever whichever team takes two of the three games yep. is the winner of the uh, the the match right so that by the way that is a really fun format you and I got to play in teams at Gen Con last year and I think we talked about I, I think I talked about this in a previous episode but you weren't on it um, we get to talk about how uh, you you first of all you carried us just like straight up. <laughs> was what was going on it was, it was you me and then another patron of, of the channel dylan um and dylan was this was the last day of gen con so he was like he was kind of fried already oh yeah yeah and um and but he was he was doing his best he was trying but he got to the point where he just had to like shut down <laughs> completely like he had to like concede the game like i just can't play anymore um and uh, and you you were playing your Kirishima and you were you know you were just holding down the fort. Oh, you had that awesome game against the fourth kind. I that had was, oh god. I, I had my moment. I had my moment where I finally like like I turned on. You know, like it's like oh yeah. I was playing. I was playing through the weekend. Like you know, like you know, kind of casual, like whatever. And I had this moment where it's like, okay, wait a second. Like I got I I got I just got in the zone and I was able to. You played um, it so well. Oh my god, that's crazy. It was it was one of the cleanest games of universes I've ever played where I was I I felt my decision making was right there. It's just I feel like sometimes when you're really getting to the game you get into this flow and then you're you're uh, it's the only thing that matters and you're just focused on this <laughs> and and your brain is suddenly like operating at the right capacity to handle it and everything and and it's and that is really fun although uh, exhausting also. <laughs> oh God. Yes. This is very exhausting, especially across an entire like 10 hour tournament. Yeah. Which is why I'm, I'm not the most competitive player. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I like to, I like to enjoy TCGs. I, um, I have competed plenty in the past and I, I don't feel the need to like stress about it as much, but sometimes I like those teams events because again, they're best of one and, they're and, and they're you know just a few rounds and there's you have the team supporting you and it just it i don't know it just feels a little more fun uh it does and you have like a instead of like building your deck by yourself on the side you have your teammates like hey this is probably better for your deck than my deck and oh yeah you and then it's a lot of fun i think the thing i think the thing that's great about teams is that because um because <laughs> there's so many, there's fewer teams because there's, you know, however many players there are, you divide that by three and that's how many teams there are. It means that they're never going to be like eight round events, oh, right? Yeah. They, you'd, ha you'd have to have infinity players to get to eight <laughs> round teams events. Um, whereas, you know, you, you, that was, that had like, I don't know, a good, like what, 60 players or something like, I don't really remember, but like, and it was like a four round event. They had to like actually cut the last round off because Gen Con yeah, closed. Yeah, they cut the fourth round short because <laughs> they had to uh, close down the stadium. But but yeah, Sunday. it was it was still just a, a four round event with however many players, which is awesome. Like I love because then I can just I I do it. I can get in the zone for just enough time, and then I go. All right, now I'm done. <laughs> let's right, let's go do something else. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Um. 
So yeah, uh, so you you did this teams with sealed with chaos packs like yes, how... that was a whole lot of reading because I didn't know almost nothing about <laughs> old UBS. Oh, and your team God. your team had to read the cards at the city. Were you playing with teammates who like were more familiar with older? Yes, yeah, yeah, they were a lot more familiar than I was. Okay, because um, like Jacob and Travis Tangerman. Oh yeah, yeah, a couple of, definitely a couple of names. Nomu guy. Uh, Mr. No moves. So. Jacob, Jacob, uh, and and um, is it, I think it's Asher or Esther. I'm sorry, I, I think it's Asher, something like that. Uh, the yeah, the Nomu guy. Though if you if you're in the at my hero group, he's the guy who is memeing Nomu for ages. Um, and yeah, Travis Tangeman, who who's uh, uh, top top cutting a million things. Also, great player. Yeah, he uh, he was an HLC main event. So yeah, yep, yep, nice. So yeah, you guys, you guys got to you, you got to experience all these old cards with I'm sure a massive scale of power difference between oh it was the cards crazy <laughs> there there was characters that were in there that were banned in in UBS format that you oh could pull sure and sealed and you could run them because there's no cards banned and sealed so what what characters did you the three of you end up playing um, I ended up playing Dimitri um, Travis was on Rando. Uh, from from Yu Yu Hakusho. What's Dimitri yeah. from? Uh, I'm not a fighting game guy. Oh, uh, uh, you don't I even. Don't <laughs> we need Kevin. Where's Kevin? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's from Street Fighter, but all right. I'm sure I'm wrong. Nah. Well, you know, it's it's canon now. You're using yeah, Street it's, Fighter. It's canon. I think the other one was um, Yoshimitsu. Yoshimitsu from Soul Calibur. I know that. I know Soul Calibur. That's the only one. That's the only fighting game I really played when I was younger. I, I don't remember because I think there was a, a quick audible with the deck, so he oh. might have changed character. But I, I think a, Yoshimitsu seven-hander seven aggro deck. I think Yoshimitsu was pretty good in Soul Calibur, if I recall. Like the not the not the game, like the card game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it would make sense. Um, yeah, and then how'd you guys do? Uh, we went we went undefeated, but we had a draw. Ah, okay, okay. Well, yeah, that's great. And the draw was my fault. Because I forgot to count the cards in my deck, and I reviewed when I shouldn't have. Oh. So I couldn't play the last tech to kill them. Because if I did, I would have decked out. And and you like including cycling, and because the universes you normally don't deck out. Yep, I decked out. Oh, if I played another tech, I've decked out. Wow, you it was a <laughs> you went game. through a lot of cards. <laughs> well, I played a control deck, so Dimitri plays a similar game to like Cover Girl, where I I just slowly kill you and gain life and. Okay, like it wow. was mono throw that deck. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and then, uh, and how how was so one thing one thing I wanted to talk about too was they introduced at the Hero League Championship this prize wall thing that they're that they're carrying on to all their events. Um, yeah, my hero throw of the year. How tell tell us about their now now I want to just mention Jasco is a company um, that we love. Jasco, they are always trying to. Uh, they're always trying new things. They're always trying to um, put out ideas to support the players. The intention is always to support the players. Um, and just like any company that tries new things all the time, sometimes they need to iterate on them a little bit to get yeah. them to the right spot. Um, Three steps forward, two steps back. Yeah, we talked about that in the podcast. That's <laughs> that's you know they they're always going forward. Sometimes sometimes they just aren't quite there on their first attempt with a new thing, and they got to try again. So just how hide. is is the prize wall, where's the prize wall at as far as that's concerned? Uh, the first version of the prize wall, I think, fell short of a lot of players' wants. Okay. Um, 
the idea is great. You have chances to pick up like older exclusive promos that weren't around. And it's then like you get the RLE one promos, which were great. Yeah, Be- beautiful regional promos, and and you got your points for the prize wall just for playing in events. Yeah, you got thirty points for signing up, and then thirty points for winning, and then ten points for tying. Okay, for, for thirty points for per game one. Yeah, that... per round one. Round when one. You went around, you get thirty yeah, points. Round. If you tie, you get ten. You both get ten. I think. I think the. I, I saw, so I was reading the announcement uh, for the regional and, and stuff and other events this year, and I think they already had, had a change in how those numbers worked. Yes, th- they did change it. Um, ties get nothing now, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I, I think um, I think that's right. And I think it was it was like 15 points or something per round played, and then more points for winning. Yeah, they they adjusted what the points do and what they can buy. Yeah. It's like now you can buy the brand new promos with points, but they cost a lot more points. And we'll see what's on the prize wall to incentivize it. Right. But again, so it's just a way of something pricing. But again, I think it's going to be really hard for like their online regional. I'm not sure if they have a prize wall for that. Yeah. I don't know how that works online. Because <laughs> I, I, I think the prize wall points. I'm not sure if they have them included with the main event or just the side events. And I don't think there's be side events for an online tournament. Yeah, uh, there are, there aren't usually, but I mean, it would be interesting if they could. That'd be, like, it'd be kind of fun. You take yeah, a lot a little, of it take a lot of staff. A little, a little hard. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting. Again, they're always they're always iterating. I was trying new things, but um, I think this is a you know I think prize walls are fun in general. Like we played at Gen Con you know, magic events and stuff. Um, they always do a prize wall thing. You pick up points and then you get to go redeem them. I remember like last, I think it was last oh, wait, year. There are prize wall tickets for a main event as well. Oh, okay. Is was, is that new? Is that different? Well, I mean, the main event, it was the HLC. So there wasn't really prize wall points for that. Right. Right. Okay. Now that makes sense. But now, now you get the prize wall points. So yeah, I wonder if that'll work online. Actually, that's. I mean, I, I would hope there'd be something to, at least compensate if there isn't, because then it's just strictly better to do in person, which I mean, could be fair because I get to do more of a travel. So you should get more of a, yeah, it's a whole thing for that. But. Yeah. I think, I think in-person events should typically be, I mean, I think in-person events should be like no stops. Everything should be awesome. All yeah, the time. You have players <laughs> traveling out spending for a hotel and airfare yep. or car driving. You should reward them a little bit more. Because the last thing you want is players to do all that traveling, go to for any card game. The last thing you want is players to do all that traveling, all that, you know, taking time off work, whatever, coming in for this event and then leaving and feeling like that just wasn't worth That wasn't worth it. Um, then they'll spread to other friends like, hey, I went to this event for this game and it was it wasn't really great. That is just to be topical. That is a sentiment I'm seeing a lot of out of the recent Magic Con that happened this this past weekend. Also, oh, Philadelphia. <laughs> yep. I've seen I've seen a number of sentiments. I don't I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not. Oh no! It was a big thing that happened like at the thirty year one. Yes, that the third. <laughs> the third. Well, for this one, they didn't even give you like a free thousand dollar product. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, terrible then, right? Yeah. So it's bad. So it's bad. Well, no, but yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know. I but I've been hearing some reports that like it's just not. Um, I I think the big thing was that people just felt like the entry fee wasn't justified for you know what you got out of it is like it, and and the the direct point of comparison for events like this is is the old grand prix system that magic ran which they ran these for many many years 
in my opinion, the system was great. It like it was it was just what it needed to be at the time. I think it actually needs to be better than it was then now, and it sounds like it's worse. Um, but at the Grand Prix, says the old one, it was it was free entry um, into the uh, into the Grand Prix area. Um, you did have to pay for tournaments. Uh, I think if they're sealed, I actually I can't remember. Do you, I don't remember if you had to play for pay for Grand Prix for constructed. I kind of I something in my mind tells me that you didn't, but maybe I'm you, wrong. You did. Okay, but you got entry fee promos, which were yeah, and like entry fee promos, which are like. Primeval Titan or Guy Saint Traft or Chrome Mox was the one I remember. Is like Chrome Mox. like you just you just enter even if you're not going to play because it was yeah, worth yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, they had really good entry fee promos, and then um, they had usually had really great side events going on all the time. Yeah, and um, then usually if you signed up within like the first amount of sign up, you'd get like a play mat. Yep, the play mat too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it, so it sounds like there's like now there's like a con entry fee plus the entry fee to the event and the uh, promos aren't the entry promos are not chrome mocks <laughs> you know they're they're just like worse cards and stuff so i think that has to do with like the whole idea of like just being overprinted in magic in general where like yeah. the promos don't feel exclusive anymore because there's tons of promos everywhere yeah yeah magic's got its own set of issues huh just like a a, a new card fatigue i think would be a great way to describe it yeah, I I think that's I think it's very fair, and I I'm still interested to see how Magic continues to adjust things going forward to try and account for that. I'm more excited to see how other card games fill the void. That is a wonderful segue. Why don't Why don't Mitch? Why don't you t- tell us about a game you've been playing uh, lately, including on some online events, uh, Grand Archive? Yeah, uh, which Grand is, Archive. Yeah, game we cover a lot on the channel. So the events I've been playing have been the the online ones that are ran through the um the Discord through Grand Archive. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it's interesting to see how the meta has been developing for that. Yeah, it's been wide ups and downs of the meta roller coaster. It's a lot it of has fun. been. Like the first event I played in, it was you're playing fire, you're playing like fire rye combo, you're playing wind Lorraine, but you're not playing anything that's good. Well, there was like no water representation, and none of them did, did well. Yep. Um, I played water, and I did terrible. <laughs> Um, recently now in the newer ones, water's like half of the meta now. Water is the deck. It is the front runner. Nothing's beating it. It's controlling everybody down. Are is are the current? I forgot to check this. So the the most recent events are they using the alter edition cards that have been spoiled? Yes, they are. Okay, no, now yes. no wonder then. <laughs> yep, because uh, there was a card that wasn't around then, a certain regalia card that makes the cards in your discard pile neutral colors. Which ruins the entire idea of like the combo ride deck. And... Now the the fire fire decks have a so so in in Grand Archive. Just, just step back, just in case you yeah. don't know about Grand Archive. Um, so it's a it's a new card game coming out. It's coming on a Kickstarter the other year, um, and it's and we're actually we're just about to get the product. It's it's in warehouses. It's shipping likely within the coming week. I think globally. Um, so really excited. There will by the way, if you're here, there will be a stream on the main deck youtube of me cracking open a large amount of boxes um so so many boxes we're hunting we're hunting for a collector rare so we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get one um but uh so the the basic gameplay of grand archive is you have a champion that you select and you have an element that you select basically so fire wind and water are the three elements in the game there's uh currently four classes of champions there's supposed to be up to seven um as we get to the later sets uh, but currently they are warrior, mage, assassin, and tamer. Um, and the 
general gist of it is you have this little material deck on the side where you play your champions from. You also have equipment and stuff that you can play out of the material deck. You always have access to it. So you can always look in your deck. You can find the cards you want, which is very important because this card Mitch is talking about that shuts that turns fire cards in your discard pile into neutral, non-norm, non-element non ones, um, is in your material deck. So if you see your opponents playing Fire Lorraine and you go, oh, okay, they're going to try and use Rending Flames, which requires them to uh, to banish cards out of their discard pile that are Fire Element to power it up, well, I'll just, you know, put this out uh, for my materialization for the turn. And then the opponent... Now, so this is the interesting thing, is that, like, Fire has a number of cards in it that destroy... Regalia has is a couple, a couple that that can spurn, spurn to ash and disintegrate. I think are the two. Yep. Um, and yeah, you need to draw those. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, like that's yeah. the issue, right? Because before, like, do I even put this in the deck? It's like, are these even worth the run in the deck? You're like now, it's like they had to be in there, and you had to find them. Yep. But if you find them and get rid of the thing, it can't come back. It's gone. And fire has a number of effects that are like loot effects, draw, discard. And so if your opponent doesn't play it, or when you draw multiple copies of those, it's relatively easy to just, okay, well, just pitch this to creative shock or whatever. Uh, I don't need this anymore. They're also not even bad cards in a lot of matchups. They can deal with, well, Tamer has been unplayed generally. Tamer, Tamer's not doing great still. Yeah, no, I haven't seen Tamer almost anywhere. Very um, Bestial Frenzy is the new alter edition card that, is supposed to shore up Tamer a little bit, um, as well as another uh, another ally for a Tamer. Um, I, I I actually think it's quite possible to see a little bit more of a, a pushback from Tamer as people... I think people just aren't exploring it. Right now, it's really this like water versus fire thing um, that people are really trying to like tackle in the meta. So you get a lot of people playing like, well, I just don't want to lose to fire. Um, and a lot of people who are going like, well, I got to figure out how to make fire win again <laughs> or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and I think the Tamer is just kind of sitting on the side being like, well, at some point you can try playing with me again, maybe. Uh, and, <laughs> or Tamer, go. Uh, yeah, but, but, um, but I, I, think, I, think, I think it should at least be, with those cards edition, it should be at least be like a, a viable deck to play now. Um, as I just don't think it's been quite experimented with enough. No, I mean, again, once the cards get in more people's hands and say people just want to play online play, it'd be a lot more people to test out the cards and find the cool decks that work. Definitely. Um, but yeah, just, just to, just to finish the point really quick is that even, even against those things, Tamer, you can hit, um, you can hit their like ears and stuff that give them the plus one level to hit their pride against Lorraine. You can use your spurn Ash and disintegrate to hit her swords and, and keep mm -hmm. her off of like dealing extra damage to you, get rid of Clarent, you know, whatever, all that kind of annoying stuff. Um, against Rai, it doesn't really matter, actually. They're pretty bad against Rai. I think it is not too many. There's like or... one or two things you want to hit, like the spell books. That's about it. Yeah, if they're doing spell books or if they get Arcanist Prism out late, oh, you Prism, can, yeah, I got, you can hit Prism, which would be good. But um, if you're playing Fire, you're generally hoping they don't get to the point where they can use the effect of Arcanist Prism. I think you want them dead before then. Usually you die before... I mean, you die when it comes out, usually. So Yeah. Um, so so I, they're not even... The point is, they're not even like bad cards to play um they're they're cards that are useful in other matchups and you have ways to loot them so i feel like i feel like just maybe you know people just need to get their numbers right on things to get back to being a little more consistent with with the fire deck but i think i think it's very it's it, the impact is very good and just like 
those those massively fast aggro decks in any card game, massively fast aggro decks that just kill you before you get to do anything are problematic for the game. Oh, yeah. And so it's good to have something that you can just put out and be like, no, 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 you got to slow down. You got to slow down, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to see that decks have counters in the game. It's a yeah. good first step. They like the last top cut was half of it was water. Yep. Well, I mean, I wonder I wonder if water was knee jerked a little too much <laughs> because I think it wasn't. I don't think it was even as bad as people thought it was right away. Um, but I don't think it was. It was just it required. Finesse. Finesse. Set up, work. It required more effort than the other two decks. Yep. But I think the payoff is really... I think the payoff's really good when you get it because it it, it may it's a lot harder to lose the game when you have the right setup and, and you know what you're doing with the water deck than with I think without that regalia that they spoiled, though, I don't think water had the time to survive against fire. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Like, water, what, water was really, like, other than just having that regalia that just kind of straight up says you got to slow down fire... Um, I think water didn't have the the sort of like efficient early cards to keep your life total up or prevent yeah. damage in the right way. Um, where because like cards like it's got cards like restorative slash or whatever if you're if you're playing with attacks, um, which I think most most of them will. I haven't looked at water rye lists really, but I'm sure Xander and Lorraine both would be playing with that for sure. Oh, um, for sure. And but restorative slash is an expensive attack to use. What five or six? I yeah, think it's, it's yeah, it's it's either five or six. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Um, yeah, it's just it's expensive. It's really good. It does damage. It, it does damage and heals you three, um, which is which is great. But like it just water wasn't didn't really have those, like lower maybe like more lower grade ones that do a little less damage, do a little and still do a little healing and something just to like keep you flowing early in the game without dying. You know, let you do a setup and play that attack and get a little health back. So you're like, okay, I got a blocker down and I got this thing. So now I'm preventing, you know, enough damage. Um, Cause just like spending your turn two or whatever, like restorative slashing and doing nothing but that and gaining three health, then you're, you're the, the riot the the fire deck just goes, okay, well, I'm going to do like 16 to you next. Turn. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was rough. It was the first yeah. So it may, a little more prevention maybe is what it needed, but yeah, this works too. This, this should, this should do the trick for now. It buys you at least one more turn, which you so, did what you needed. So how are how are you enjoying uh, Grand Archive in general, in the like competitive sense? Um, I'm liking it a lot so far. Um, I guess my biggest thing is just waiting for actual physical cards. I can hold them, see yeah. how it works out, and like seeing what the company does as like support organized play going forward after the first few events. We've got, we've got, they've got a pretty robust organized play plan lined up um, with the app and ELO ranking and event packs and, uh, and then packs for um, ranking up. Like, like there, there's, there's specific promos that are going to be sent out to players who have reached certain ranks in their ranking system, which is a, I did not see that. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't see it. Okay, okay. Well, real quick then, real quick. Um, I I don't. I, well, actually, I did. I did cover this in a video, but it was like a random like news update video a long time ago. So people don't necessarily necessarily have this. So, Grand Archives laid out. Um, they have an app that's in development. Uh, which um, the the people who work at Grand Archive are previous. The, the who started Weaves the Shore are previous uh software devs. So. A lot of this, the the either they're making it or they have a really good 
skill set to be able to guide something being made by a, another company um, to what they want. Uh, so I always say that because like we hear a lot of Kickstarter games are like, well, they're, they're working on an app or whatever. <laughs> like it's vaporware. A lot, sometimes. Of, uh, lot of, a lot of promises. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like this, the company actually has what they need to, uh, to get, get it there. So, um, the Omnidex app will be out at some point. The Omnidex app tracks your player ranking. Um, it has a lot, you know, a lot like, uh, some of the, uh, like the Bandai ones we've seen it has you like able to find local events and, and whatever, and sign up through them and all that kind of stuff. Um, the ranking that you're going to be getting and you're going to be able to access your Omnidex app to see is a ranking that is a, um, it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of a conglomeration of several different elements. Um, one of which is a straight like ELO ranking for people who are unfamiliar in chess or the old days of magic. Um, you get an ELO ranking. It starts at a uh, starts at a value. I think it's like 1400 or, or 1000 or 1200. I don't know. Someone's a chess player. I'm like, you're an idiot, Dan. It's like this number, like it's fine. Whatever. It starts somewhere, um, is the yeah. point. And then it goes up or down based on, um, every time you win or lose a game based on the disparity between you and the opponent that you played. Um, so if you are, if you are a fresh chess player and you play the best chess player in the world, grandmaster chess player, your ranking will jump up a lot more than if you played another fresh player where you have like even rankings. Um, similarly, if you lose to the best player in the world, you'll go down less because you had no right winning that game anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so right away, everyone's on even footing, but it, it quickly starts to like put everyone into a bracket and then adjust your movement a little bit based on that. So, um, you have a ranking and then that ELO ranking is its own thing, but then you also have a, you have a total, like a player ranking, uh, or a player, a player, I don't know what to call it exactly. It's just like your, your, it's sort of like your experience value more or less, which is a, um, the addition of that ELO ranking with a bunch of points that you accrue called veterancy points, which you, okay. you accrue this value every time you play in an event for the rest of your life. Um, and it just, it only increments. Um, so the more events you play in, the more veterancy you have, which means you'll be, you'll have this like starting experience level that no matter how badly you do, you always have at least that right to, to oh, bank okay. on. That's pretty okay. neat. And then it also has a seasonal, um, level. All this stuff is subject to change. This is what they announced like months and months ago. They might have tweaked things, but it all, they also announced a seasonal value, which is one that resets every season. So your ELO is always changing. Your veterancy is always going up. And then you have a, like, it's like a seasonal thing of it as a seasonal veterancy or whatever. It's like, if you're active in this current season, that's going to accrue. It accrues at a faster rate than your, than your standard veterancy, but then it resets every season. So the more you play throughout a season, the more you're able to just accrue these points as well. And at the end of every season, they're going to just look at everyone's values. If you reach a certain threshold, you get a promo, higher threshold, you get another, a different promo or a better promo or more promos or whatever. And then like the top 10 or 20 or whatever players it was, um, will get in the, who are just that ranked the highest, will get a very special promo sent to them and that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a very robust system. It accounts for just like you don't have to win. Obviously, winning gets your ELO ranking higher, but if you just play in a lot of events, you know, you get you're going to be able to score some cool promos and staying active is great, but if you if you aren't active for a while, you still have that veterancy to lean on and everything. So, it's yeah, it's it's a I feel like it's a pretty great system. I am excited to see it actually in play. So, am I. that sounds like a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Get a way to keep track of stuff going forward too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, yeah, keep an eye out on that. Of course, we'll, as you know, as soon as the Omnidex app is out, I'll probably do like a video just like going over it for people or something. It's kind of things, kind of thing we tend to do for Grand Archive on this channel, um, just because we're very excited about it. Um, excited. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. And I want to just talk about one more thing real quick before we get into the main topic, which is that I have been playing uh, Battle Spirit Saga lately a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Actually, right before this started, I put up my, for my influencer kit, I put up the the world guide back here <laughs> on a Vero. That looks so cool in that kit. Oh, watching the video version. Yeah, I know. The, the kit, the kit is awesome. Like I was really impressed with what Bandai sent for that kit. Um, very excited to, to get that in the mail. And then it would help that the pack had a sweet rip also. <laughs> Definitely was helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, just like the playmat, the deck box, the guy, the world guide, all the stuff, super, super cool. Um, Battle Spirit Saga is, uh, so I had an interesting conversation actually yesterday with um, a guy who is our local kind of Bandai guy, but hadn't played Battle Spirits before. I played the original, so I was familiar. Um, and he said, he sat down with a friend and they cracked up the demo decks and they played the game. And his response was, yeah, it was weird, <laughs> which is like, not, first of all, not what I expect because Battle Spirits is a fairly straightforward play dudes and attack kind of game just got its own unique resources like a lot like grand archive kind of is um it's just got a unique resource system on it um that that plays differently but it's like you know i would expect you to say it was weird if you're talking about like the american idol card game or something <laughs> right but the austin uh, powers card game the austin powers card game yes that's we got our box opening coming very soon oh. um but uh, not I wouldn't expect that out of this. So I was like, okay, well, uh, that's interesting. Why don't you tell me what you thought? Um, so I've, because I've been playing a lot of, I've been playing the starter decks. We just printed out the starter decks. I've been teaching people how to play. Um, and here's the thing about Battle Spirit Saga. And this ties into exactly what he felt was weird about this game. Um, Battle Spirit Saga is a game where you, if if you want to, <laughs> if you and your opponent both are, and just to just to be frank, just you know, low experience with the game, not very good players. <laughs> um, you tend to play it in a certain way, which is okay. My turn, I attack with everything. All right, your turn, you attack with everything. All right, my turn, I attack, I win. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that that's how it works because in Battle Spirits, it does not take long to lose the game. It is very, it's like razor edge. Like if you, you, you can just get blasted out of the game right away. Cause you have, you have, uh, five cores. And when you take, basically when you take five hits, you lose. Oh, okay. Okay. Straight up. Um, you have five cores in your life and that's, and that's it. Now there's, there's cards to interact on your opponent's turn there. You, it is a, it is a, you attack, I block kind of game. So, um, instead of attacking your opponent's spirits, you attack and then they choose to block with them. They have to be untapped to block like in magic. Um, but okay. they do tap to block in this game, which is which is missed in the they missed that in the demo deck rule book. And oh, you, oh no, that was a big one. I can't believe they missed that. But yeah, you do tap That's... to block. Um, anyway, uh, it's covered in their video at least. Um, okay. so it's it's really easy in the game because because this game also uses the the resource system also uses a cost reduction system, where um for every matching color thing you have in play up to a certain number based on the card, you reduce the cost of that card by that much. So if I have a card that has two yellow cost reduction symbols and I have two yellow things in play, it's reduced by two. If I had three yellow things to play, it's reduced by two because two is the max for that card. 
Huh, um, that's really neat. It's a cool system. It means that there are a bunch of cards in the game that have, have like cost two and two reduction symbols. Okay. So the point is, if I just attack you, even if I'm like, oh, I got like three health, he's got like one guy in play, I'll just attack with everything. Your opponent can go, everything has haste. I forgot to mention. So your oh, opponent can go, yeah. free thing, free thing, you lose. <laughs> attack, 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 you lose. Um, okay, so the level up, right, is you you do that for a game or two, and then you're like, this doesn't seem very good. Am I the problem, or is the game the problem? <laughs> right? Like, oh, you, maybe I need to block. Yeah, so actually when you're playing when you're playing a higher level Battle Spirit Saga, you are less often going to just be going crash with everything. You're you're calculating a little bit more like what's going to happen when I attack with just one or two things here? You know, can I pluck the damage through as are there ways to force my opponent to kind of not want to block these things or get rid of the blockers? But then you you almost never go all out. You only do that when it's like I have game and I and I'm and I'm locked in here, um, and my opponent doesn't have a burst card in play that's going to stop me or something like that. Um, and I will say too, these demo decks are lacking. Even the starter decks, even the starter decks for Battle Spirit Saga, are low on important burst cards. Um, you and and burst cards in this game are, are like Yu-Gi-Oh traps. Basically, they're magic cards. You can play them normally, but you have one burst zone. You can put one burst card face down. Okay. Um, and you can play it for free when its specific trigger is met for its burst effect. A lot of the burst cards also say, you know, they'll say like the best card, the best card of the game. Best card in the game is called Absolute Ice Shield. It's a magic card. Costs four with two white reduction. You play it in every color deck. It doesn't matter. You just play four of it. Um, it says burst when you take damage. You activate it. And then uh, your you take a core from your void and or from your from your trap from your reserve. I don't know. You take I can't, it's one of those plays. You take a core from somewhere because you take when you take damage you lose a core. You take a core. It's not from your void. It's from your it's from your either your reserve or trash and put it back in your life. So it's like it just says burst when you take damage you untake that damage. Okay. Okay. Um, question for that one. Would that if you take your last hit of damage you would lose. Would you die before it. Okay. You would lose for that one. So you have to use it before then. However, it then says you may then pay the cost to play this card. And when you play the card, it says, end the battle phase. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so you would heal the one point and then no more. No more and then battle. you go, yeah, you're, you're done now. As long as you have, you can pay for the cost. And you go, you're, you're done attacking now. So in this game, you attack one at a time? You attack one at a time. Yep. So like Final Fantasy. Yep. So you oh. attack with a thing, and then you resolve that attack, and then you attack with another thing, resolve that attack. Um, and then after your battle phase is done, then the turn's done. There isn't a second main phase. So Okay. So it's it's a it's a time stop that also heals you a life after you take it um, that can be played during the battle phase, which is is a very, very potent card. So the point is absolute ice shield is in um, exactly zero of the starter decks. Uh, some of the other good burst cards are in the starter decks in only the respective colors. But this game is one where you can, you know, splash these colors into other things. The only thing leaning you into a color is the reduction symbols. Um, so absolute ice shield is way better in white. Because it costs less, generally. That's fair. But so it's no still good in everything. Cost colored, like manners, anything. Nope, course. You just use course for everything. Just so course. okay. Yep. Um. It's a yeah. It's but it, so the point. The point is that your first experience of Battle Spirit Saga, you have to keep in mind. If 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 you're watching this and you're gonna go try it, I recommend. It's a fun game. Really fun game. Really like the game. Um. But 
If you just go into it and remember, if I attack all out, I'm probably just going to lose on the, on the backswing. <laughs> um, so you want to be cognizant of that and play more, play more cautiously than you think you need to. And then also be aware that if you're picking up starter decks to play or, or these demo decks or whatever, you're missing some of the key interaction that makes the full game more engaging when you, when you build like constructive decks. So keep that in mind. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. That's, that's my... the one you got in your influence card, right? The, the influencer burst card. The, yeah, the influencer, um, the, the card that's the special, special card they sent for in the influencer kit that says, uh, for influencer on it is an absolute ice shield in foil. Um, nice. So yeah, it's, it's very cool. Very, I was like very pleased, very, very pleased with this kit. It was, it was incredible. A super cool, um, super cool gesture by Bandai. There's, uh, just to, to support people who are supporting the game. So of course I recommend you look into battles for <laughs> hashtag sponsored or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I, but I, to be clear, I, you know, when we, we talked about this even before. This came out in there like in December. I have loved Battle Spirits since its first run. So this is I'm not I'm not selling out. I just really like it and happened they had happened to send me some cool stuff too. Well, it's all about it at Gen Con when it promoted on the uh, the big screen. Yeah, oh, that's the game. Yeah, that game it, it's great and it's it's a good game. So definitely look into it. All right. With that said, we have been bantering for a long time, so it's time to talk about the main topic of today, which is sealed deck slash limited sealed deck formats. Um, so we, we started to talk a little bit of this. I, I love sealed. So I just started talking about it right away, but, oh, yeah. um, we, you and I, Mitch have played tons and tons of different games, sealed deck formats, limited formats, draft formats. Um, and I just thought it would be interesting to go back and forth a little bit and talk about our experiences with those, because I personally think it's, I think these limited formats are, are in general, underrated in games, underrated experiences. I think there are benefits that people get out of them that they don't get from just their, their typical. Now I know we all love TCGs cause we love to be creative and we love to like come up with a cool deck idea and like see our deck work and all that stuff. Very fun. Um, but I think there's something to be said about these, these limited formats where you're using cards that you don't get to use normally and the format itself is just kind of weird and wonky and, and, and has different, a totally different set of like what's good and what's bad compared to, um, constructed games. So, yeah. um, and you also get to play interesting formats sometimes, like, like you said, like your team's format where you cracked open the packs yeah. and then built a decks out of those. Chaos seal is lovely. Yeah. So, um, I guess if, if you don't mind, Mitch, why don't you just kick us kick this off by just talking about what how do you feel about limited formats and what formats have you enjoyed in the past and and what have you learned from them yeah um so i love limited formats prefer draft over sealed but again sealed is great um yeah it's like the sealed formats can range for magic wildly it's like you have a sealed format like innistrad back in the day it's very aggressive sealed format people are playing low cost of creatures there's a lot of them a lot of Removal, burn spells, you would just... Games go really fast. And then you go and change the entire set. You go to a seal format of, like, Rise of Eldrazi. Mm, my favorite. <laughs> that is a very long format. Yes. Very slow, very grindy. Because, again, there's not a lot of interaction in that format. And a lot of the things that'll kill you are high cost of creatures. So it takes a while to get to there, and there's no ways to really stop it. So the kind of game you have, a lot of it depends on, like, 
what kind of sealed form are you going to play? So the mandate of sealed is, again, you open what you get and you play what you get. You can't really go outside of the um, the set for the sealed. So, again, Razzle you're going to have a lot of these big guys in your deck. You're going to play these, like, eight colorless mana, Pathways of Ulamog as your way to kill somebody. Because Ul- Ulamog's Crusher is the eight mana one. Ulamog Crusher, sorry. <laughs> it's, okay. it's been a little while. No, it's, it's it hasn't for me, actually, because I have a cube for Rise of the Eldrazi. We played you it. You do? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, that's... I, I, the one cube I own is a set cube. For, so again, we talked about this a little earlier. Cubes can be all sorts of things. Um, the one I built was attempting to be able to play Rise of the Eldrazi Limited for the rest of my life, whenever I wanted. I'm serious when I say it's my favorite. I love that format so much that I went and I built that cube where it has four of every common in Rise of the Eldrazi, three of every uncommon, two of every rare, and one of every mythic. And when you make the packs, you construct them with the same ratios that you would in a normal pack. Uh, so 10 commons, three uncommons, and then one rare or mythic. The rares and mythics are just shuffled together. Okay, um, that's really cool. Also, it's it's all foil. I just have to say. I mean, I, of course, of course. I, it, it took a while, <laughs> and, and I very fortunately got a lot of the foil cards before uh, the set got per- old enough where they just got, like, really expensive, um, which is, what which is awesome. What was your to get? Oh, man. Um... I'm trying to remember. I think one of the, some of the last ones I got were Nurkana Revenant. That's a mythic in there. Mm, yep, um, vampire. It became a very popular commander card pretty quickly, and so that one was kind of expensive when I picked it up. Um, but it was before they reprinted it too. Um, and Keening Stone was a. It's it's weird. It's a rare artifact that mills your opponent for. It's like pay X tap mill your opponent X or something. Um, c- commander or casual card. So it's <laughs> any card that says mill on it. Yeah. be impressed there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually got the Eldrazi very early on. Um, I, I famously in, in our local circle actually did one of my greatest trades of all time, um, for the foil, uh, Emrakul, which was, <laughs> I traded, I don't remember the number now. I wish I could. I traded something like f- 30 or 40 something foil slippery bogles <laughs> for a foil emerald. First off, why did you have that many slippery bogle foils to begin with? Okay. This Second, was who watched 40 slippery bogle foils to try? <laughs> Those are both very valid questions. Oh god, what a night. I can only imagine. It was it was an incredible night. Um so to answer your questions, number one. Uh, this was this was Dan making a decision that, in retrospect, was very good, but at the time was not. Okay, <laughs> which was, I thought Slippery Bogle had hilarious card art, and I thought it was a funny card. And this was just this was probably a year, maybe a year or two, at most, after Eventide and Shadowmore rotated out of Standard. Standard was what mattered then. Other formats yeah, didn't matter. Modern, I don't think even existed at this time. And um, and I thought this card was hilarious. And I just went to every website and bought out the foils. <laughs> and I bought them. I could. I think I can still pull up the old emails from, from like your orders confirmed or whatever. I bought them for like 50 cents each at most. And That's then... insane. 
modern became a format and then infect and or bogle bogle auras was the big one for that mm-hmm. it became became a, a deck and the card shot up in value um to to actually like a surprising amount of dollars for like a common or whatever um and uh when i <laughs> i had i had this binder that i kept it was a it was a hannah montana three ring binder <laughs> Oh that was just full of foil slippery vocals. I didn't think it started to get better, but it got so much better. Yep. And and I just had it with me one day and and I think I just had it in my bag or whatever because it was fun to pull up and be like, hey, check this out and show people that. Um and had this guy in town. This is when I was working at the shop. I had this guy who was in town for the night or whatever, just like playing uh playing games and playing modern or something, and saw the binder and he's like, Are these for trade? And I was like do you want to tr- for trade for like all of them? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, what do you have? And he's like, I got foil Emrakul. And I'm like, I want that. <laughs> so we just mathed out what I don't remember the number now, but we mathed out a deal and he just got like basically all the bogles. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. It and, sounds like uh, I think Cole did with like Gokush Kamehameha back in the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. What did he trade him for? Or did he trade him at all? Oh, he, he I think him? he still has them. Nice. Or he got rid of them. But like, she never traded them away. No one wanted that card. No, that card no, was it never was never good. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. Anyway, the point is that's how I got like my foil Emrakul <laughs> and stuff. Nice. Uh, that's a good trade story. Oh. Yeah, it was dope. Um. Anyway, I have a Rise of the Eldrazi Cube. What's the point of that? <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to play that sometime. We will. We will definitely. Uh, yeah, so so limited is a format, like you're saying, just to get back to the point, in limited and sealed deck formats, you can experience um, just a different level of gameplay than you do in other game in, in other in constructed formats. And I love that rise one in particular because like you mentioned, it's a slow format. They built that set from the ground up mechanically to work to be a slow and and sort of uh grindy in some decks and also just like, splashy giant creatures and other decks just depending on what you build and it creates very for me and in what i enjoy about that is it creates these games that are packed with decision points for how to deal with certain threats deal with certain things boards can get very big very messy um and there are card effects that are like eight mana, the invokers. There's a cycle of cards called the invokers that all have eight mana activation costs. And mm-hmm. in most formats, those would be like, whatever. It's like, what you're never going to use that. No, in, never. in this format, they are first pick cards. <laughs> they are, those are your bombs. I And the last time we played, I was playing white, uh, I think white, white, black, maybe? I can't, it was either white, black or white, green. I had picked up three of the white invoker, which is pay eight tap your opponent's board that's um oh my god and i won that i won that night because yeah you just get you get there and you're like you start your attack phase tap your board down my turn attack (laughs) your turn start your phase i think you can win at that point tap your board down really hard they have to they have to kill it they have to kill the invoker and it's very fragile it's like a two two flyer or something um so it's 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 pretty easy to get rid of um but I don't think there's a lot of removal in Rise though, was there? There's there's enough. There's enough. Um 
And there are certain cards like Drana that are like absolute bombs that will just take over the game. And like, no matter how many invokers you have, if your opponent plays Drana, you're probably dead. Um, Cause she'll just eat everything up and, uh, yeah. and then kill you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, but it's a, it's just a, it's a super fun format. I really enjoy that, that style of gameplay. I love all of the, uh, decisions you have to make. I love when a board gets messy and you don't have something like an invoker and you have to figure out, okay, like how, how do I, how do I get the damage through here? How do I get through this giant board? Like what, you know, am I waiting? Who's, who's the beat down right now? Who needs to be attacking? That is the most important part. Figure out like who is the aggro deck in this scenario? Yeah. I mean, that's always important in, in, uh, in card games, but that's actually, that actually gets to a key point about limited formats that I wanted to talk about that I really enjoy, which is that, uh, playing in a limited format, a sealed deck format is really getting down to like the, it, it really comes down to the fundamentals of the game mm-hmm. and, and the basic, and I mentioned this earlier, kind of just the basic generic skills in card gaming that, uh, learning to play limited formats well will then influence how you play constructed formats in a very positive way. Um, those basic things like who's the beat down right now? How do I know what, what's my role in this game right now? What outs exist in this scenario? Um, you know, and just knowing like when, when to push tempo, when to hold back, all that kind of stuff is stuff that you is key to winning in limited games. And I think when you're playing constructed games, some of that stuff for some players gets kind of obfuscated by what's my deck doing, you know? And I think it's really easy to fall into those those kind of traps. Where you're like, okay, my deck's you know my deck's supposed to um, do this particular combo of things. So what's my goal? Do the combo of things. And we go and do the combo. And you can miss important points where you're actually supposed to go. Okay, wait, no, I, I need to not do that right now because my opponent's probably going to do this next turn, and, yep. and I need to address that before I can safely go into this thing. I, like the most simple example I can give is you're playing sealed. And you have two cards in your hand. It's turn five. You have two cards in your hand and you play, let's say you're playing magic, or whatever. You have like a five drop vanilla guy, like just like a dude you play. He's like a trample or something. He's fine. He's like an uncommon. And then you have your five drop bomb and in, and you go, okay, I'm going to play my, I'm going to play my best creature. And your opponent goes, kill it. <laughs> right. Yep. So like that. Yep. And it's this fundamentals of like, okay, learning. All right. All right. But wait, what if I roll back time? What if I play the bad one instead? And my opponent goes, kill it. And you go, okay, here's my bomb creature next turn. And the opponent goes, damn it. I wasted my removal on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> other yeah, yeah. Thing. It, it can be really critical just to learn those skill sets of things. And, and because in a constructed format, it's not as clear cut, you know, what's your, what's the better card in any scenario like that. Um, it can be, I think harder to start to learn when you've screwed up and when you haven't in that way, where in sealed, it become more obvious. It would have become more obvious to when you, when then you went, Oh, well, I guess I'll play this bad creature next turn. Your opponent's like, Oh, I can't answer it. Um, but it's not as good as the other one. So it doesn't matter or whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I find, I find that, um, I, I think that's why I really think a lot of players should be going out of their way sometimes to be playing sealed formats to improve yourself and just to have fun in that unique format. Uh, sealed format, like, so, again, I'm going on My Hero now. The My Hero sealed format is a lot of fun. A lot of things happen in that format that you can't do anywhere else because in the My, Heal, the My Hero sealed format, something doesn't matter. So you can play your deck with any kind of card you want. 
You don't care about what symbol I'm matching or anything. You just get to do fun, cool things you can't do in the regular game. Yeah, and I think in, in My Hero in particular, there's an interesting... Um, because of that rules, we were talking about this earlier again, but like there's some games where they have to throw some rules out the window to make them work. And My Hero is one where they, instead of having to match everything to a single resource, they say just play whatever you want. Um, and because of that, uh, you there are really weird combos of cards that you would never get to see outside of outside of this. Using one card with which has three completely different symbols than the character you're using. And with that character, it's going to do something kind of crazy. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have a good example, but like, you know, it's like you're playing a, a red card in your blue magic deck. and Except yeah, yeah. It's, it's very different than that, actually. It's a, that's a bad example because a game like My Hero or Universes is all about um, how you're interacting with your abilities on board and on your character with the card you're playing. Um, and you can set up some pretty wild scenarios uh, when you're doing that. I think, I think that... In we so we the other week, Mitch, you and I both attended a local where we played um, set three sealed for um, for universe for my hero, yeah. And uh, I f- I thought that was I had a couple of takeaways from that format. Um, yeah, one takeaway was that these characters are not very balanced. <laughs> no, all characters are not made the same in set three sealed. Yes, um, there are some that are and and like to be fair, set three was made definitely as a, like a constructed. Um, it's a, it was a set to sort of shore up kits for certain characters and add some, yeah, a lot add of back some page cards in that set. Back page is what they call them. And yeah, they call them universes. I think that's a fighting game term. Um, I think having, having a back page of like your, uh, your moves, the, the combos to perform moves and stuff. I think that's where that comes from. Like, really? Huh. I think so, it's something like that. Again, I, Kevin needs to be here. There's no Kevin to <laughs> tell me what that's from, but it's, I think it's something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so it came with like just new cards uh, that um, some cards that don't fit for a particular character at all. They're kind of like blends of different characters. And they have some cards that for like characters like Midnight that were introduced as promo characters that now she had a bunch of cards that actually like were made kind of to work with her, like some of yeah. the other ones. Which now she's, you know, she just won the Hero League Championship. Now so. she's the best in the game, right? Yeah, really good. She's the champ. She's the champ. Um, but what I did enjoy about that experience, um, other than the fact that everyone was playing either Toru, Eraserhead, uh, there's one Endeavor, which is really good. <laughs> Endeavor is so good. Oh, that was insane. And um, uh, the the guy, what's the guy oh, with... Odro. Yep, that's the one. Uh, yeah, so those those are the four characters you play. If you play as something else, you're probably not playing the right thing unless your pool is really specific. Um, or you're unlucky. Or you're unlucky. Yep, that was the other thing is that you didn't get given a character. You just, well, you got given a random character, not specific. So My random character was good old Shoji. Yeah, who, who you almost played. Almost. <laughs> but pool wasn't, I think, quite right for it. Um, but what I really enjoyed about this was that I got to play with a bunch of set three cards that I haven't played with before. Um, I just, I've never touched them. And, and the thing that's different about universes and magic. So like it's, I think we would, we would be really remiss to not mention this in the episode, but in magic, the gathering, the sets are made for limited. They're made, they're made with limited in mind. Your commons in magic, the gathering are generally 98% of the time, not good (laughs) cards. And 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 that's and you can have your own opinion on that, which is to- like totally fine. I like I get, 
I get any opinion, any take on that matter, because like, I also don't like opening packs where I go, well, these are all trash. <laughs> Throw them yep. away. They call them um, draft trap, draft, draft chaff. chaff for a reason. Yeah. Yep. Um, at the same time, limited format for magic is so fun because of those. It works so well because of those that like, I don't hate it. Right. It's like, no, no. it's, it is kind of what it is for that. I also feel, I feel the exact same way, but for the opposite reasons about how they do it in my hero, which is that there's like no draft chaff. Every card is meant to be a, is not, is not meant to be played in draft. It's meant to be a played card in a deck, whether or not it's good is still in the air. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that means that when I sit down to play this limited format, um, everything is a potentially playable card. However, they all just get very specific in their effects, right? Where it's like, <laughs> well, I'm going to play this because this number and this number on it are good, but the effects don't matter for me at all. They literally can't interact. This one even doesn't even work with, it only works with this one character that I'm not playing. Like, of the art. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, and despite that, though, what I found was, as I was playing some of these cards that I would, you know, like, I wouldn't normally play this card outside of, like, this specific character. I played it in my deck, and I'm like, Actually, I found this card very interesting to play. One was like window shopping was a, uh, is a card where you flip it and then just flip the top card of your deck. And it's like, you can play that as your next form. I don't think I, I don't think that's a card I would typically put in a deck. Um, no. This is a very specific condition where I can like, control I can see the... it in like certain five handers as a way to like get an extra card. Yep. But, but it was interesting just to get to play with it and go, okay, like. I, you know, I can see like where this becomes a useful effect. I can see, you know, I can see some of these, uh, or like very specific, um, uh, counter abilities that discard cards from card pools, stuff like that. Just like things where these scenarios kept coming up in the draft where it's like, oh, actually this is really useful in this very specific scenario. <laughs> and, and it was really fun just to get to experience those and go like, okay, not like, I feel like I have a better breadth of understanding of when some of these cards are more useful. So now when I'm like constructing a deck and I'm thinking, okay, how do I counter this specific thing? I now have a better understanding of whether or not the card is like base level, like good or not at dealing with a scenario like that. Um, and I really appreciate coming out of that with that. Yeah, so again, one of the biggest things about sealed is like getting to play with cards you only want to look at. Like this card was like, hey, this card is just just filler, just bad, just not generally good in constructed. If you play get get playing sealed, you're like, oh wait, actually in this spot, this card is actually probably the best option. So maybe I'll think about putting in like a sideboard now, like in case that scenario comes up again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um I think right now my hero so my hero is pushing sealed deck as uh as a more regular format going forward, they started advertising it. They put out special special promos for it. And as we're recording this, this upcoming weekend should be the pre-release for um, for set four as well. Yes. Um, Mitch, have, as someone who's already experienced set four, uh, what what was your take on that? Is it is it is it very similar to set three in how the so, sealed plays out? For set four sealed, which that was the main draw for the side event for HLC, the championship. If you weren't playing HLC. Yeah, because it was a very early release of the set. Yes, it was like a month ago almost. Yep. Three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so the idea there is very similar, whereas like not all characters are made the same. Some are better than others by a landslide. Um, if you're playing sealed, don't play Toga. So don't do it. 
Just don't, just don't do it. I can don't, see that. Don't do it. <laughs> you have one enhance. That's it for one attack, and that's it. Yeah. Um, if you open muscular, you play muscular. Just, just do it. Just, just do it. It's free damage. It's it's free real estate. Yeah, real estate. Um, so yeah. So again, similar. Like some characters just made better. Um, some characters like Spinner, very specific character. I played Spinner in HOC, um, pseudo format. Um, I opened like ten or eleven weapon attacks. So it worked very well. Sometimes you open a pool and you'll open one or two weapon attacks. Like oh, well I can't play Spinner. He's just he's just bad now. Some characters. Just get more life, breath, and then it's what you open. Um, I'd probably say if you had to rank them, Kurugiri. Kurugiri is wonderful. He's great. No matter what you're playing, Kurugiri is good. Because, again, he gets to play any attack from his discard pile. He gets to play any block discard pile. He just gets more resources to see his cards more often. Versus like, hey, you open this one big UR bomb or this one big rare bomb that just it's a good attack that'll end the game for you. Well, you can see it more often with characters that can tutor up from this pile. That's that's actually that's a really important point and a, and a big difference in sealed and limited formats for every card game um, is that because your your access to powerful cards is so limited, you have very specific ones that are bombs. In in games like Magic, um, it's often a decent idea to play like a one of card that like gets a creature back from your graveyard or something like, you know, ra- raise dead into hand or not even oh, reanimate, yeah. just like getting them back. If you have anything like, like with value that can get like multiple creatures back from your graveyard, it's usually like a very playable card because um, you'll often have just as like one or two bomb creatures. And if the opponent had the removal for it, then you can win the game just by being able to get that thing back. And and just, yeah, just like in this scenario, I can totally, as soon as you're saying that, I thought that's that that makes so much sense because anything that has the ability to use your limited number of more powerful cards more often than your opponent gets to use their powerful cards will give you a big advantage in the game in, in, in a limited format. For sure, yeah. Like, let's say, for example, what's a, what's a good one here? Let's say you open, like, Decaying Palm Slam. Oh um, yeah, Shigaraki's you are. Well, get flip up that tech twice in the game. It's a lot better. Yes, yeah, yeah. That that makes a ton of sense. So, um, you think Kurigiri's good? Muscular's good? Any other ones that people should be looking out for? Let me pull up the list. I think those two are the biggest standouts. Um, We're just gonna Toga. Add in... Toga's bad. Twice as Toga's... bad. Don't do it. Either one of them. We got that. They're a bunch of specific. Um, Dobby. Dobby is great. Cool, cool. Is Shigaraki? Do you think he's reasonable in that? He's yeah, he's reasonable. I'd say he was. He's definitely in the top. I wouldn't say he's as good as like Kurigiri, but again, sometimes your seven hander you just draw seven attacks. You're like, all right, let's let's go. His yep. form is game winning. Is a once per game form. What's that uh, can... what's that again for him? Um, it's the first form once per game. Remove momentum. Um, your rivals checks get minus one until your next turn. Oh yes, yes, Shigaraki's. Yes, I, for some reason I thought we were talking about Dobby, and I was like, I was, I don't remember him having that. <laughs> oh yeah, you mentioned yeah, Shigaraki. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. yeah, that's his form. And again, even, even if you can't kill him on your turn, you make your opponent's checks in their turn negative one as well. So when they're trying to attack and kill you back, their five is now a six. Their four is now a five. Sure. Yep. It yep. makes their turn harder as well to kill you. So which is really hot- nice to. Go ahead. Uh, which again, it's really nice of way for striking because then you can almost overextend in your turn. He's like, well, on their turn, they're gonna have to check 
a bunch of bad checks to try and come me back. It gives you some leeway. It makes that, I mean, that, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So the, the hot advice from, from Mitch for going into set four limited Kurugiri muscular, mus, muscular number one, Kurugiri number two. Uh, or so the biggest problem with muscular is he's a five hander with no draw. Yeah. You, if you can block his attacks, you're fine. This, that's it. But again, you have to block his attack at a certain point. He's getting like plus eight or plus ten damage in every attack. You're like, oh shoot! If I don't block him, he's dead. So yeah. there comes a point where if you don't kill him fast enough, you're just gonna die. Period. You can't block everything perfectly, and then the half damage will just kill you. Yep. Especially if you're a squish seven hander. So muscular kurigiri. I'm just trying to force you in the corner here. Uh, yeah, I would say muscular kurigiri are top two. About Dodge even. Dodge you're really close. Depending upon the pull you open, I could see either of them going different ways. Because you got two of them are five handers, two are seven. All right. There's there's the there's the pro tips for uh set four limited. If you're going into the pre-releases next weekend for My Hero Academia, then uh Mitch has got you covered. And if you do oh, yeah. badly, you can blame Mitch. Remember, no toga, no twice. <laughs> Definitely don't play twice. It doesn't seem very good. It's the only choice, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you but how ironic would that be though you you get twice as a well i guess it's maybe a little better right if he's your only choice that means you either didn't it's bad if you didn't open any characters but it might mean that you got given twice and then you opened one or two copies of twice or something and maybe you can at least do a little bit with him because no, he wants no because his, his only enhance is if it's a second copy pack you played you have oh, to yeah. open t- t- multiple similar name attacks to make it good echo echo cards you got echo cards yes Echo He's... cards. If you open those, sure, you can make one attack plus two plus two. If you only open twice, ask your friendly judge if they can hook you up. <laughs> it will not be a fun experience. Let me play Mr. Compress, please. <laughs> uh, this is the promo you get for playing. Um, so, can we play uh, that in the sealed? You're they're, they're, I've seen discussion about it. It's. I think it's up to the event. We we could we could play the uh, the other promo right the uh the class lineup in the last field it's it's up to the as far as i understand from jasco it's up to the event whether or not they want to let you play mr compress totally that might to change my list a little bit because i think compress is really good especially in seal format okay if if compress is allowed where does he fit i think he's top three okay being able to just form attack again you can increase your hand size from six to like seven or eight sure and being yeah. able to put your blocks in momentum too, yep. especially with, yeah. the, with the good momentum cards in the set. I think I think if your pool is leaning towards some of those powerful momentum outlets, then that would make a lot of sense. He's just a better toga. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. Don't play toga. <laughs> That's the advice here. Huh. I'm going to be making out soon, once they spoil the provisional promos, I'm making a character list, tier list. And I'm excited the for bottom. it. Toga's in the bottom? Toga's in the bottom. No, but there's... She's... Okay, okay. I don't want to get too off topic, but there <laughs> there are a few interesting interactions with her. Like, that... I I, I sent you that list with the uh, elect, uh, electric stomp or whatever, the, the yeah. May card. Like, there's some interesting things that exist. Like, that so don't get me wrong. Toga instructed is a lot better than in Sealed. But the things she's trying to do take a long time to set up. Yeah. And even when you get set up, they're just not as strong as other things you can do. Yeah, no, that's probably true. That's fair. That's fair. I just, I just, I'm, I endlessly like to try to make bad cards work, which is what I enjoy about sealed, <laughs> where where cards 
can often be that are worse. In this case, Toga is just worse in sealed, but cards in sealed yeah. can often be better than they are in constructed. <laughs> which agreed, yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, I want to talk real quick about um, our experience playing. Um, uh, my my and uh, patron patron Randall's experience playing Phyrexia all will be one two headed giant sealed deck. Um, two headed giant, what a crazy format. So for people who aren't aware, Two-Headed Giant is a format in Magic where uh, it's a it's another Teams-like format. Teams formats are so fun. More, more games should support Teams formats. Um, where you and a partner play against another team of two. You are playing the same game, though. Um, you are two heads of the same player, effectively. Um, there are four players in the game. There are two teams, and then there is one you. Uh, so that's how effects work. Anything that says each opponent or each player is each opponent targets both opponents each player targets all four players um and if it's you it's only you you have a shared life total of 30 um in phyrexia importantly you have a shared poison pool of 15 to lose the game instead of 10 which better than 10 it's better than 10 but i will go ahead and uh and spoil the lead a little bit here which is that it's still not enough (laughs) um so the uh um and and however the thing that you can't do you you attack together you block together like if you're you, if you attack you attack the opponent's team either player can block that creature if you block you again you block any attacking creature um but you can't use opponents you you can't use your teammates mana for anything you mm-hmm. have to cast your own spells um that's everything you really need to know about playing that format uh in phyrexia all will be one the new magic set it, they have brought back poison um in an interesting way um there are cards that say like corrupted if your opponent has three poison counters they get an extra effect or something um they get better they have cards uh with toxic which are creatures that deal normal damage plus your opponent gets x poison counters like toxic two they'll deal the normal damage if they hit the opponent and they get two poison counters um okay so uh we had a pool (laughs) that we opened up and this, and we will never in our lives open a pool as good as this. Never. In, 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 in Two-Headed Giant, for sure. Never, ever, ever going to happen. Um, I would take these decks that we built and I would play, the, play them against any, any team's Two-Headed Giant pool from any point in history, any deck, any, and I think we'll win. I really, I, I just, it's, it's so good. Um, we had. That good, huh? It's that good. I, I had four copies of um prologue to phyresis in my deck i was playing blue white he was playing green black um i I had four copies of a card called prologue to phyresis which says uh draw a card each opponent gets a poison counter that gives you two poison counters okay um and i my and randy had three copies of a card that said you lose two life you draw two cards and each opponent gains a poison counter infectious inquiry yeah (laughs) infectious inquiry yep um my uh, partner also had three copies of, I believe this one is Vraska's Fall. I can't, there's two sacrifice cards. But I can't remember which one, but this is the one that is uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature and gets a poison counter. He had three copies of that too. Um, oh my God, that's disgusting. So right now, right now, if you do the math, we're already at 20 poison counters. <laughs> if we just were to like draw into all of those. Okay. But of course we had a bunch of toxic creatures um, I had uh, Skrelv Defector Might, who is a, a really strong creature in Limited, actually really powerful, um, who you can pay a Phyrexian white mana, either two life or a white mana, and tap him to give a creature you control Toxic 1 
uh, hexproof from the color of your choice and can't be blocked by creatures of the color of your choice. That's um, crazy. <laughs> toxic stacks. It's important to note that. Um, if I have toxic one on a creature and I give it toxic one, it now has toxic mm-hmm. one and toxic one. So it gives them two poison counters when it hits effectively toxic two. Um, so, and now we had a bunch of proliferate. I had the Elspeth, or not, sorry, not Elspeth. I had the Wanderer, um, Eternal Wanderer, uh, Planeswalker, oh, okay. um, who can uh, either wipe the board except for some specific creatures, which works really well with Skrelv, by the way, because um, then it limits the amount of colored creatures they can have in play. Um, you just select one creature for each player and they keep those and sacrifice everything else. Um, she also has a plus ability that blinks a creature until end of turn. So it works to blink my creature that said comes into play proliferate to give them a poison counter or to get rid of a blocker to turn on Skrelve or get our toxic blocks, uh, get our blocks for our toxic creatures in play. Basically, all we did was we, we start first few turns, we played toxic creatures. We would usually get one or two poison counters off there. Didn't really matter. Um, the opponent spent their whole game just kind of like, oh, how do we, you know, got to deal with the th- toxic creatures or they're like, oh, start, you know, aggro attacking you or whatever. Like we win any race. Doesn't matter. They, they attack, we go, take it. Just less blockers. Sounds good. <laughs> fair, fair. All right. <laughs> Didn't matter. We had, um, we would just make them sack their creatures, give them poison counters. By the time they, they would get to three poison counters within a, a two turns generally or something because the, um, it takes one of those prologophoresis or whatever to give them two poison counters. The, the corrupted thing, if they have three poison counters, it turns on. It counts for their total, not just an individual player or whatever. So they had three uh, poison counters. As soon as they had three poison counters, I had two copies of the uncommon in my deck that is uh, three mana draw two cards, or it's one mana draw two cards if you, they're corrupted. So Oh, my God. If you just understand these decks. He was drawing cards. I was drawing cards. All these cards we drew were like very quickly like, Two poison counters, two poison counters, whatever. We would end the game. Um, we we took very little damage from the opponent. We did a bunch of self-inflicted damage, just drawing cards or whatever, um, or paying life for Skrelv or whatever. Um, and we would end the game by getting the 15 poison counters. And generally, we still had somewhere between five to 10 potential poison in our hand, in or between our two hands. Oh, my God. It was like, it was just, you just couldn't, you just couldn't beat us. It was, <laughs> it was absurd. It was one of the few times where we got to round four. And they were like, hey, do you guys want to draw and, and and get packs? We were like, nope, we're playing. <laughs> Sorry. We're playing this one. Uh, yeah, sometimes in sealed, you just you open the good stuff. We opened the good stuff. So that is that is definitely a thing about sealed that happens, right? Um, but that's what I enjoy about sealed in any format, um, which is that you, you get what you open and you got to work with it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you sometimes you get the nuts and you get these stories like this and it's like, wow, just I'm never going to have one that good. Um, we've had other sealed pools where we've sat there and it's like, I don't know how to get a deck out of this. <laughs> I'm not sure. And there are plenty of times. Yep. yep. And, it, and it happens. But the thing that I found really, really motivating and interesting about those is that I, I feel like I've had experiences where I've thought my pool was really bad. But after really working on it and like trying to come up with like, I've, I've found that like you have to make these fe- what feel like big brain decisions to go like, you know what? Actually, even though I have two bombs in this color, I can't play it. I, I'm not. Yeah, I have to I have to play a different color. And then you get rewarded when you end up. You The thing is, you feel more rewarded uh, even just going like a medium score like you like I went two and two with that pool. And that was pretty good. impressive. Yep. Um, 
And I'm personally just rewarded by that kind of experience quite a bit. Um, I really enjoy that. Uh, I wanted to throw one other story into the ring here about a sealed that I really enjoy that was just from yesterday. So yesterday we we played the pre-release for the new We Cross set, which has a name. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's Welcome Back Diva Lost Storage or something. I something like that. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. It's got, it's got a name. It's got a name. <laughs> yeah, We Cross sets are wild. Um, pretty crazy. Uh, but, um, we, we had eight players for this, which, uh, was actually awesome for us. It was, we had eight kits, so we, we sold out of the pre-release. Um, and, uh, the thing that I thought was really fun about this one was that, um, I, I think pre-releases because of how casual they are and they're usually these limited formats, you don't have to have a deck. They are great experiences for people who haven't played a game very much or at all, even before. To come in, we we had a couple players who came in and sat down. Again, um, shouting out Dylan from our, our patron and Evan, who's also a patron, who both came in to play. Um, and Dylan had seen the game at Gen Con, I think a little bit. Um, I can't, I think maybe we played with him one time. Yeah. Um, and then Evan had never seen the game before. And um, <laughs> The, they came in, we kind of went through the rules, basically taught them. They played their first games and like, you know, got corrected on a few things, whatever. It's all good. Like it's, it's casual. It's fun. Like who cares? Um, and by the end of the event, uh, Dylan came to me and, and, and the discussion was this game has no right being this good. <laughs> um, that's what we all thought. Jake cut. Yep. Yep. And, but the, but the thing that I loved about that was that I don't think under any other circumstance he was going to experience that part of the game but he sat down on a pre-release because he didn't have to have a deck he just came to hang out with people have fun or whatever paid you know 30 bucks to get a bunch of product and a and and promo and stuff um and then he went and he sat down and he played through the rounds and as he went through because again it these games come down to those fundamentals right like yeah. you don't just get aced by that deck using that powerful combo or whatever it's just you're just playing kind of like good clean card game whatever you're playing in this case he was playing good we cross as clean as it can be <laughs> so we cross is sort of a if people aren't familiar everything's a girl and it's it's a very weeb weeby game <laughs> i like oh, that yeah. um but uh yeah so so the, he said i this game's really good i really like this game it's really fun actually um, because you just get to experience just kind of that like raw back and forth clean gameplay and and getting to use like all of our games were really close. They always are in We Cross, but they were really close going right to the end, like using your every resource you have. And it and it kind of just comes down to who made some of the better decisions because We Cross is a game full of decisions, like tons of decision points as you're going on too. Um, so who who picked the right abilities at the right time going into the very end of the game who, and who got a little lucky on their bursts and who didn't and stuff. A um, little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, a classic Japanese card game. Um, and, and I just, I just wanted to point that out because like, it's, I, I also find sealed to be a really awesome experience. Just if you haven't played a card game much or, or at all before, because you can sit there and, and especially at a pre-release where it's really casual, obviously like not a major event where it's like sealed PTQ or something. <laughs> like different story. Yeah. Yeah. Different story. But for, for a lot of sealed, uh, like I think a lot of games are pushing them right now as just a fun format for people to experience yeah. something different. Just a way to try to get new players in the game. And, and yeah, and it, and it works because uh, Dylan bought a box before he left. <laughs> I think that <laughs> oh, he so. did. Wow. Yep. Well, I believe so. So um, yeah, so it's, uh, 
it's I I, th- I love I love that limited formats can create that interesting gameplay for people. I love that they can get gameplay down to the fundamentals, and you get to experience cards that you haven't seen before. And I, I and I hope that more card games continue to push limited formats in that way and get people to try them out because it's it's also good for stores too to be able to sell product. Yes, it's great for stores as well. Yeah, it makes lets them have a chance to move product that they weren't going to move otherwise. Yeah, and and um. And yeah, I, I think they're just something that people need to play more. Do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts or any other experiences you want to share on sealed formats, Mitch? Oh, let's see. Um, I think probably one of my favorite ones was way back in the day of Avison Restored Sealed. Ooh, that's a fun one. Um, so miracles. I opened... Miracles. Yep, that's the, that's the name of the story, Dad. Miracles. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so I opened this cool card called Bonfire of the Damned. That's a good one. That was a very, very playable card. Yeah. Um, so I was so playing, I think it was like a red-blue deck. Yeah. What Bonfire of the DM does is it's, go. I think, a double or triple X with like two red in its casting cost, where it does yeah. that much damage to every creature and player you're, for your opponent only. Yep. But the immune cost is just one X in a red. So you get a lot more bang for your buck if you... Miracle. What Miracle does is start of the turn when you draw a card off the top of your deck, before you put it in your hand... It's like, oh, this is a miracle card. You reveal it. Like, hey, I drew this card this turn. It's my first card that I've drawn. You can pay it and play it for its reduced cost, usually for miracles. Um, so almost every round of that sealed, I miracle bonfire to win. Wow. <laughs> really? It was it was stupid. It was crazy and insane. But like like uh there was one round where um my opponent had beer called um, Entreat the Angels. Ooh. And it was like, he had like... Makes six, a million angel four, tokens. Yeah. So it, he paid it and it made six four four flying vigilance angels. Yeah. All right, I'm just dead. No matter what. <laughs> I need to mirror my bonfire now. It was like, I think fifth, fifth round in the event. So it was like the last round for first place. So I was like... Grab the top of my deck and just like flip it down, like boom, here it is. It either because it's one of those situations where it's either the miracle or I lose the game. Or so I'm you just dead. might as well. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yep. matter. It's might as well just there. flip yeah, it. I believe part of the cards. Yep. And it was there, and everybody around was like through the heads, like son of a. <laughs> I've been doing that all night. It's stupid, insane. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's oh. a fun format for limited too because like that another thing about limited is you typically use smaller deck sizes in in like yeah. sealed deck formats and. Miracle is a is a mechanic in general that works better when your deck size is small. It works more often, I guess. I don't know. Better or worse <laughs> yeah, depends on the, the side of the table you're on. Yeah, more often. <laughs> um, yeah, which is which is cool. So, uh, yeah, Another that's that's one awesome. Was um, also a two hand giant story um, back in Theros, not Theros, yeah Theros, when they first had devotion. Okay, and devotion still only counted for your side. I only can't for remember. your side. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Um, I was mono black, mono black devotion. Yep, and uh, devotion is cool. is things oh, yeah. things uh power up based on the number of matching color symbols that you have in play. Yeah. So if a card costs one colorless and two red, you would have two red devotion. Yep. Um, I our pool was four gray merchant of asphodels. Oh no. Oh, gross! Because that's each it's each opponent. Yep. So, Game of Asphodel is for your devotion to black. You drain each opponent X life, and you gain that much life. So, into a giant, there's two opponents. 
Yep. So it doubles your devotion value pretty much. Pretty disgusting. So that was our janky um, two-headed giant. And then it was mono black, so like kill spells. Um, I had ways to bring him back from the graveyard to play him again. I think we had a whip of Erebos. Oh, you have whip with four gray merchants. Whip allows you to bring creatures from uh, graveyard into play, and they gain lifelink too. And they gain lifelink, yeah. All creatures gain lifelink. It's a, yep. a four mana artifact enchantment. That's a bomb in limited. That was disgusting. That was, yeah. I think, our best limited Twitter giant pool. That's pretty good. My 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 second best pool before this Phyrexia one, um, I think, was in uh, War of the Spark. Just because we opened three copies of the rare Casualties of War, oh. <laughs> which was, oh. is it's destroy up to uh, one of each uh, creature, enchantment, artifact, planeswalker, land. Um, yep. So so we had three copies of that. So we were just like kept setting up like uh, destroy this 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 that get get rid of that oh land like whatever. Like, it was it was really funny. Actually, Actually, I don't even know. I think we got kind of dunked on um, by a, a, a few like other sick decks, but the pool was hilarious. <laughs> like for three of your rares to be the same that's that's crazy oh. yes i think one was a pre-release foil and then the other two were just opened <laughs> so um yeah okay well um i yeah lots of fun lots of fun stories playing limited too it's a it's a it's a great time i think something that more people should try if you are a universes player definitely try getting in on this pre-release coming up uh or ask your local shop to run um to run a sealed deck you know your your shop's not going to turn you down because they sell product. It's great. It's good for your shop. Um, and they get cool promos and everything too for doing it. So um, definitely think people should try that out. Um, just And just don't be afraid. You know, we, there's a ton of games we haven't covered that that also can do limited formats. Um, but I think, I think you shouldn't fear them. You should jump in and, and play and have fun because they are certainly a good way not only just to enjoy playing games differently, but to uh to shore up your skill set and have some fun stories like mitch's bonfire the damn story and again favorite part of card games opening packs you, you get to open packs sealed. yeah i didn't i'm just glossing over that but you get to open packs and that's what we all like to that's why we're here that's why we're here today. that's why to, we're here we want to open packs like we want to open, open packs get those new card feel oh it's lovely well, Mitch, speaking of that, like I said, we're going to be opening a ton of packs coming up in the coming weeks We on the, on the channel here. Make sure you're subbed because we have uh, <laughs> we have some very exciting, uh, we have a My Hero box opening coming, and then we have a crazy amount of Grand Archive product coming, and we have a very exciting Austin Powers CCG. Oh, I'm excited for that. Box that's opening be highlight of my week. Yeah, we, after our poll, that's what won, so we're going to be cracking into it, and then um, I actually, I, when I ordered it, this is a little teaser for the podcast listeners. I also ordered, um, because it was, it was pretty cheap. So I went ahead and got another thing too, just for fun. I'll do this at some point. I opened a Dragon Ball GT. I ordered a Dragon Ball GT baby starter deck. Um, those can have ultra rares in them. I've opened them before and I've oh, gotten them. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I thought at some point I would just put a little video together. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the main channel or be a Patreon exclusive or something just for fun, but, um, there's uh yeah we're, we're gonna crack open that starter too and and just kind of talk about dragon ball gt i think and and uh the experience that i had playing that back in the day um and see if we get an ultra rare that'd be really fun so mitch with that said thank you so much for being my co-host today it's a lot of fun to talk about limited formats with you yeah of course. Um, thanks for having me on a lot of, of fun course. to live in the past Yes, yes, we and we will uh, we will certainly be back again. Now that we're back on schedule, we're we're not worn out from December anymore. We're we're raring to go, ready to make more podcasts. So we'll be back again 
next month with another podcast for you guys. And we will have a Patreon exclusive podcast coming very soon as well. So um, make sure you check out the Patreon for that. We'll be announcing it when it comes out so everyone can check it out and see if you're interested. There'll be a little teaser of it and everything. You'll get to check out on Patreon to decide if you want to become a patron. Uh, But with that said, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Main Deck Podcast. So thank you all for listening so much. You've been a wonderful audience as always. I didn't hear a peep from you. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect audience, right? The perfect audience. Um, But I hope you guys did enjoy listening today. And we'll catch you in the very next episode of the Main Deck Podcast. See you later, guys.